We live in dangerous times. We need God's power to survive and thrive spiritually in a godless world. Discover the proven strategy for winning your spiritual war. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. The Apostle Paul was in uh, prison in Rome when he wrote his last book, Second Timothy. And it, uh, he was being tried for a crime, and, and so in that uh, prison he was able to write the 14th book of the Bible, the last book he would ever write for the Bible. And they were just about to behead Paul, take off his head, because they accused him of a crime which, of course, he was not guilty of, but nevertheless they were going to put him to death. And at this time he wrote uh, his, uh, this message directly to his dear beloved son Timothy. Now the times were truly troubling, and Paul wanted to show Timothy and all of the others in the church how to win the spiritual war. It was, there was a spiritual war going on, as there always is with God's people, and most of the people were leaving Paul. It was a sad, sad time, and it seems just all this book would just be terribly gloomy, but I'll tell you, it's really one of the most astonishing books in the Bible, because Paul was about to be beheaded, about to have his head cut off, and he, in a way he was sort of celebrating his victory and how he had won this spiritual war. Can you imagine that? <laughs> when you're at that point, when you're about to be put to death, and in a sense, he was celebrating the fact that he knew he had won this battle. He'd have fought the good fight, and God was going to reward him for it, and he knew that. That's how dedicated Paul was. He wrote this book in about 66 to 68 A.D. That was by like two or three years before the 70 A.D. Holocaust. And what is also rather striking is this this book is specifically for the end time and more specifically for three nations, America, Britain, and the Jewish people. And we can prove that to you and have been proving it for years through our book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. And of course, all of our literature is free if you'd like to write for that book or request it. So Paul was uh, trying very hard to teach Timothy how to win this war, this spiritual war, and then have Timothy, who was an evangelist, teach all the other people about how to win this war. Now, after all, eternal lives were at stake, so he had to be uh, very serious about this. But the sad part of it is that most of God's own people around Paul were turning away from him. And that certainly was a bit of gloom, but it didn't dampen Paul's spirits at, spirit at all. Notice what he said and wrote in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, 
For men shall be lovers of their own selves. The last days, this is happening. The time we're living in right now, you can prove that in hundreds of prophecies. But men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, no self control, is what it means, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, love sports more than they do love God. And other pleasures. Verse 5 Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. A form of godliness, but they, they were denying the power of God, the power of God if you truly are following God and if you know God. Some of Paul's followers had drifted into an attitude where they honestly didn't have any spiritual power. And you can't overcome if you don't have that power. It's impossible. But these were perilous times, and they are directly for us today. Perilous times. Can you look around and, and say we're not in perilous times? No, I'm sure you cannot. And I'm sure you understand that. But do you have God's power in your life? Do you and I have the power of God in our lives so that we can, we can win this victory and prepare ourselves to share the very throne of David with Jesus Christ for all eternity? That's something to behold. Notice. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, there are witnesses there. He's not just bragging, but listen to this. The same commit you to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. He was trying to spread this word around while he was in jail, about to be beheaded. <laughs> and he still kept right on doing the work. If that isn't astonishing, what is? Verse 3, You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. God has chosen Christians to be soldiers, soldiers. Well, now, soldiers have to endure hardness, they have to be strong. They can't be weak. Soldiers, first of all, always have to be willing to fight. And secondly, they even have to be, in some certain occasions, prepared to die, to give their life for God or even for a country in this world. But most Christians don't have to experience that. But notice what Paul says to him in the next chapter, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 14. But continue you in the things which you have learned, and have been assured of knowing of whom you have learned them. Now, he, he said, You've got, you have to continue through, through what you learned, knowing of whom you, that you learned them. You learned this from the Apostle Paul. That's what he's telling them. 
And Paul says, now look, you follow me as I follow Christ. You, learn, you follow and you do those things that I taught you. Continue in that. Don't let people take you away from it as they were many others. Taking it away what, from what Paul taught them and proved to them abundantly. They, they really, really uh, were blessed by having Paul to teach them. And he said, now, if you'll do that, this, this way you'll win the spiritual war. You won't lose. Here was Paul about to die physically and was celebratory about his future, if you can believe that. And it's right there in your Bible, and it certainly is true. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13, another verse on this, on how to fight this war. Hold fast the form of sound words. Hold fast to those which you have heard of me in faith and love which is in Jesus Christ. So follow my example. That will, that will show you exactly how to win this war. He said, I'm telling you, I've won it. I'm about to have my head cut off. I have won this war. You can win it the way I taught you. I want to just show you one example here of, of war in this world that is, is uh, something that really just uh, impacted me greatly when I first read it. But it's uh, from the, uh, the Army of the Future by Charles de Gaulle, who became Prime Minister of France uh, at the end of World War II. But uh, he wrote this in uh, 1934. And he, at that time, he was a captain. Later, he became a, a prime minister of the country because of his fighting ability and because of his wisdom and knowing how to win a war. And he was about the only one in France that knew, about the only one. Notice here the introduction to what he wrote uh, by Walter Millis. He said, uh, this is now the famous little book by a French officer on the principles of which the French did not act while the Germans did. It was originally published in 1934, and he, in essence what he was teaching was blitzkrieg warfare. <laughs> and that, For the most part, that's what it was. France had the greatest military in the world. Everybody agreed with that, but they wouldn't listen to what de Gaulle was telling them so they could get prepared for a future war. They were thinking about, well, the way we fought it in World War I, but it was a totally different time. Technology was different. All kinds of military power was different than in World War I. Now, so the Germans used his precious message that he taught about how to win a modern-day war. They took it and they applied it. And his own people, that is de Gaulle's own people, rejected it. And here Germany applied it and conquered France in six weeks. Six weeks! Now, you think about that. Here, the, while he was a captain, and later, of course, he was much higher in rank, but uh, uh, he, they neglected his warning. And he, he taught at a little college. And they just didn't listen to what he said. And he was telling them how to win the war, that the future war, war in the future. And six years later, Germany attacked them, and they fell in six weeks. The strongest army in the world, they said. 
That's, uh, they were in agreement. Most the authorities were in agreement on that. But the greatest army in the world, and just think, it took Germany six weeks to conquer them by using Charles de Gaulle's teaching about how to win the next war. And he knew wars were going to come. They always do. And how about you and I thinking about this spiritually? There, there are going to be wars. There are always wars to fight for spiritual people. It's just it's endless, going on incessantly all the time. Now, what de Gaulle did was really try to get them to see and fight war, uh, the whole war. Look, see the whole war. They didn't see that at all, and uh, so the French didn't read that book. What happened to them? And the media was almost totally in the dark about this. They didn't understand it either, and they didn't, they didn't make matters better for de Gaulle and France. But I wanted to read you one statement here from Charles de Gaulle about a soldier. He said, A soldier is formed by the trials he has to undergo. A soldier is formed by the trials he has to undergo. Now, God says that about a spiritual soldier, his soldiers. You do have to go through trials to become a heroic soldier, or you'll lose this war. You're going against, you have to go against human nature and do what God says. And, or if it's a physical war, you'd better listen to someone like Charles de Gaulle. And he had a, uh, I mean, really, uh, if you do this in God's war, you have a, a mind bending reward, splendid reward from God for what you've done. That is, that is a wonderful, wonderful truth. Now, let's go back to 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, he was telling Timothy, Look, I know that your faith is real. It's, you're not faking it. It's real. And when you have real faith, you have real power. That's what Paul was trying to get him to see uh, more deeply, as well as all those around him. But de uh, Gaulle talked about uh, shaping ourselves for heroic feats. We must do that if we're going to win wars in the future. We need to learn this in peacetime, but people in peacetime can get very uh, lackadaisical and can uh, drift away from what it takes to win a war, whether it's physical or spiritual. But after all, he said, we ought to, our young men ought to think about playing great roles in defending their country and their people. And that, if you look at it physically, that certainly makes all kinds of sense to us. I think all of us can see that. But look, what he was saying is, look, if we don't, uh, if we don't have our army prepared, when the time of danger comes, we're not going to be prepared for war. We're, we're going to lose the war if we don't keep our men prepared. And, of course, that's exactly what happened to them. Exactly what happened. Verse 7, 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. We need a sound mind. Do you believe, uh, as you look around to people today, do you believe they have, a lot of them have sound minds? Well, you certainly see the opposite of that, don't you? All too often. Shamefully, that is the way it is. Verse 8, Be not you therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed. That's not power, that's weakness. Show power when you teach or talk about the testimony of, of uh, our Lord. That's the spirit of prophecy described in another verse in Revelation 19 uh, and verse 10, I believe. But he says, goes on to say, look, there will be afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Afflictions in the gospel. There will be that, and it, and, but you have to retain the power of God. You must have power to win this, this uh, battle and this war. But I think this is, just has to be one of the most astounding chapters or books in the Bible. Because here is Paul about to be beheaded, and he writes what is, I believe, one of the most inspiring books in the Bible. Was he crestfallen and uh, discouraged? Not at all. Not at all. He was sort of celebrating his victory to enter the kingdom of God in all that splendid glory that God is going to give us. And is that, is that real to you? Is that real to me? Is this real in our lives? Have we made this real to ourselves? Through really studying and praying and, and meditating on these principles and occasional fasting? See, this was uh, real to Paul, and I, the book is just filled with hope. Notice what he says in verse 12 of chapter 1, For the which cause I also suffer these things, he was suffering, and nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. He, he knew God. He knew the Father. He knew Christ. And uh, am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day, or the right up to the second coming. And then verse uh, 15 this, you know that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. Is that, is that, could that be accurate? All of them in Asia turned away from him? He was teaching all around the world. Well, the world, the known world at that time, anyhow. Most of it. Verse 16, The Lord had mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me, and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently, and found me. And others didn't really find Paul. But here's a man God places right out in the spotlight, because he was right there with the power of God, seeking out Paul, regardless of what happened to himself. Pretty impressive. 
And then verse 18, The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day, when second, the second coming arrives. Yes, he will. He'll, he'll receive glory. Verse 15 of 2 Timothy 2, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, this, thy word is truth. John 17 and verse 17, this is truth. He said, but you have to know how to rightly divide it or you're going to lose the war. You have to know the Bible. You have to know God. And you have to study and pray and seek Him with all your heart. And what a blessing that is to live that way. Verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having the seal, the Lord knows them that are His. Yes, He does. And He, he intervenes on their behalf. Notice these words in uh, 2 Timothy 4. I have to read these to you. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing, uh, and His kingdom. Verse 3, He told them to go out and really preach this Word. He said, and then verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They won't endure it. They'll want to hear smooth things. Verse 4, They shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. For I am now ready to be offered, verse 6, ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to go. I'm, they're about to cut my head off. But I'm ready. Verse 7, I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. A crown. He's going to rule on the throne of David with Jesus Christ forever. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, and he's going to be one of the top leaders, you can be sure, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day when he comes, the second coming, and we're right now entering into that period of time. Watch what's going to happen in the next decade, and you're going to be uh, certainly impacted mightily by it and much of it in a positive way, but also a lot of it in a negative way. The verse concludes, and not to me only, but unto them also that love is appearing. They just can't wait for Christ to return. They're just, they're just loving that. They're eager to see that. They love it. But who, who in this world, how many in this world just love His appearing? They don't want Him to appear. They, they don't want to, Him to appear unless they're in such dire straits they need His help right then. But this all was just before He was beheaded, and He was celebrating. I'm telling you, in all the suffering and He was about to die, what a, what a wonderful vision that man had! What power he had! What faith he had! And how we all need this. I need a lot more of this. So do we all. Verse 10, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Oh yes, there's the problem. People just love this present world. They just can't give it up. Like Lot's wife, she just couldn't leave Sodom. She turned around and looked back, and God turned her to a pillar of salt because she wanted that filthy 
country instead of God's blessings and God's guidance and help and everything that she would do. See, this, we're going to be able to sit on David's throne forever, ever, ever. Verse 16, At my first answer no man stood with me. No man stood with me, but all men forsook me. This is verse 16 of 2 Timothy 4. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. He had to even go into a lion cage and uh, endure that. And he did. And God saved him from the lion, as he did Daniel. Verse 18, And the Eternal shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then the last verse, The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Grace be with you. What a book in the Bible. What a powerful, powerful and wonderful book that we need to deeply understand. This is so very inspiring. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. We live in dangerous times. We need God's power to survive and thrive spiritually in a godless world. Discover the proven strategy for winning your spiritual war. The Christian walk is not easy. You will be confronted by spiritual battles each day, but this is the most rewarding way of life imaginable. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, How to Be an Overcomer, the Spiritual Soldier's Field Manual for Overwhelming Success in Warfare. Learn not just how to fight hard against Satan, society, and self, but how to win every time. Discover master strategies for driving out sin and replacing it with righteousness. Understand how to weaponize the Bible and God's Holy Spirit against the mighty forces of evil that dominate the world. With God on your side and fighting your battles, you will never feel alone and hopeless. Request Gerald Flurry's free book, Malachi's Message to God's Church Today, to learn about a tiny regiment of Christian soldiers who withstood the worst spiritual attack in this end time. This story is a case study in the advanced tactics of spiritual warfare. In life or death struggles, how will you respond? Members of God's church must answer this question every day. Also request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Daniel, Unsealed at Last, to learn about the violent spiritual battles taking place all around us each day. Your Bible reveals the existence of formidable armies of angels and demons, millions on each side, fighting constantly in a war of good versus evil. Satan directs his fiercest attacks at stopping God's revelation from reaching God's one true church. The prophet Daniel recorded a three-week battle waged over the revelation in his biblical book. The two mightiest angels, Michael and Gabriel, finally prevailed. This epic clash is proof that God always triumphs over Satan. You'll also receive a free subscription to our news magazine, The Philadelphia Trumpet. The March 2021 issue includes bold commentary about the stunning American election controversy and how broken judgment now affects this nation. Learn who is really in charge, despite how things may appear. Also, discover the immense global threat posed by China. Most importantly, understand what God has to say about world events. All our materials are available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request How to Be an Overcomer, writings on Malachi and Daniel, and a trumpet subscription. Order now.
For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.